Kate Wheeler in studio with Christine Bentley, and you are listening to What She Said right here on 105.9 The Region. Thanks for joining us. Have you ever thought about opening a restaurant, Christine? No. <laughs> no, I no. not. You're one of the smarter ones because uh. many of them come and go within a year. So to find out what makes a restaurant kick. We are kicking off today's show talking to Janet Zuccarini. She's the owner of a culinary empire known as Gusto 54 that includes a portfolio of eateries like Gusto 101, Trattoria Novosa, and Pie Northern Thai restaurants. She opened up her first one in 1996, and she's going to tell us about building her business without any partners and navigating the restaurant and hospitality industry on her own, just in case you decide that you want to open one. An empire. An empire. An empire. <laughs> We're also going to be joined by the founder of Space Park Coworking, Nita Actor. Uh, she's going to talk about opening Mississauga's first co-working space. So it's a place for mobile professionals, entrepreneurs, small business owners, and creatives who believe in working and growing together. So we're going to talk to her about how co-working spaces work and the benefits, especially for womenpreneurs and mompreneurs. Mm-hmm. And I think in this day and age, in in locations like ours, like the GTA, where rent is so expensive, um, I know a number of people who work in co-working spaces and absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. It's the networking opportunity, the ability to bounce ideas off people, and they're fabulous. They're yeah. absolutely fabulous. Well, would you ever consider taking a break from your relationship? International best-selling author Marion Keyes will be here, and she's recently released her 13th book. It's about a married Irish couple, Amy and Hugh, who decide to do just that. But she says it isn't a story about falling in love or out of love. It's about staying in love. Okay. Travel expert Candace Sampson will be here. Now, she's talking about her week in Paris. Rough life, that woman has. Rough life, I know. How to get there, where to stay, what to see, and why you should always take travel advice with a grain of salt. And I've been to Paris a number of times, Mm -hmm. and I love the city. It's a woman's city, I think. Is it? Yes, I do. about that. Okay. Lifestyle expert Casey Savage is talking back-to-school basics for university and college students. Yes, it is that time, actually. Sophie's already started. Yeah. U of T Law School started early. Yeah. Well, my grandson, Christopher, is getting ready to mm-hmm. pack up and go to Western. Oh, good. The party party. Uh, yes. The party uni. Anyway, in 1978, Darby Mills embarked on a 38-year journey of epic proportions, becoming one of Canada's iconic female rock vocalists and the voice of the headpins. She has a story to tell and will join us at the end of the show to tell us what inspired her latest project. And don't forget to please visit our website at whatshesaidtalk.com where you'll find blogs from our guests and interviews on video. And as well, download our free podcast. It's on Apple. Just search What She Said in Podcasts and you'll find us. Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to whatshesaidtalk.com. 
Meridian's three-year Escalator GIC can help you save for a bucket list trip. In the first year, earn 2% interest. In the second, 3%. In the third, 4%. Those escalating savings could be the difference between this trip and this trip. Visit a branch or meridiancu.ca today to get started. Meridian, saving for a better life while living your best life. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Welcome back. Joining us is the driving force behind a culinary empire known as Gusto 54. She is an Italian-Canadian savvy entrepreneur here to share her story and her experience. Welcome, Janet Zuccarini, to what she said. Thank you for having me. Let's now talk about your portfolio of eateries, including Gusto 101, Trattoria Nervosa, Pie Northern Thai restaurants, as well as Gusto 54, which is the catering. Division, right? Exactly. Okay, so the restaurant... There's a few more, though, you missed. I missed? Go ahead. Because <laughs> uh, Is that not enough? My yeah, gosh. Um, I know. One would think, right? But um, I have more. Okay. Kin is a Kin. new Thai That's restaurant new. that opened right. up a few months ago, as well as, most exciting for me, is Felix in Los Angeles, which ah. opened up five months ago. Wow. And what kind of food is Felix? Felix is very chef-driven uh, farm-to-table uh, Italian. That's a really big these days, farm-to-table, isn't it? It is, yeah. Okay, and, w- and what yeah. exactly does it mean? Is it within a certain radius that you're getting the food in? I mean, for us, it means it's in a certain radius. It, we are hyper-local and hyper-seasonal. We go to the farmer's market, or my chef, Evan Funky, goes to the farmer's market every single day, and the menu changes every single day. So everyone has a dip, different interpretation, but ours is very strict, very strict with being super local. Well, okay, but but the restaurant and hospitality industry, I guess, are overall arguably one of the toughest industries in the world. And you have built this incredible array of companies and restaurants. Um, basically, you started by yourself. In, in 1996 was your first restaurant, Trattoria Nervosa. So how did this all start? I think it all began with my father who brought the first espresso machine into Canada. So he really Really? started. Yeah. It's all your fault. (laughs) Yeah. You're welcome. (laughs) Thank you. So my father started coffee culture and I started working with him at the age of 12 selling espresso machines to restaurants and cafes. So I really saw the business from the supplier side. Right. And then I moved to Italy at the age of 18 by myself and went to university there and lived there for eight years and fell in love with, really fell in love with Italian food and going to the farmer's market every day and Mm -hmm. cooking for myself. But I studied, oddly enough, business in Italy, which not many people do. But I ended up marrying two passions, one of the love of food, especially Italian food, and that of business. I'm an entrepreneur at heart. My father was an entrepreneur and I have that entrepreneurial spirit. And that was it. It was it was marrying two passions, which is a, an amazing. I mean, I, I wish it upon everyone to find their passion. 
I happen to have two, and I, I married both of them. So, but what was it like for you at that point to be a standalone woman, entrepreneur, building a business on your own without partners? I started Nervosa with two partners, two okay. guys. Immediately, we bought one partner out. So it was the chef and I for four years, and that was a soul-destroying partnership, I like to say. And eventually, I bought him out after four years. So I started with partners and but ended lost up them and picked them off <laughs> <laughs> one by one. But this one is this one. is a brilliant move. And I want to know this because you were smart enough to purchase a majority of the properties in which your businesses operate. Why was it important for you to own the real estate? Well, I knew opening Nervosa in 1996 and I got into a 10 year lease. I, I said to myself, I will lease this building for 10 years and then I'm purchasing it at whatever price this landlord of mine wants. And I saved my money for 10 years to purchase what is a very strategic corner I feel in Toronto, at the corner of Yorkville and Bel Air. Mm -hmm. And once I purchased that building, I felt security like I had never felt before. Nervosa was successful from day one. But when I purchased that building, I knew that I could never be kicked out. It's a triple A location. I can keep going, keep evolving, keep making sure the restaurant's relevant and become a, a staple in that neighborhood, which is exactly what I did. And then I realized from that experience, it's just so much easier and better to own your real estate, if possible. So the majority... Oh, you must be loving the market right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on where I am. It can be crazy. And I haven't been able to purchase all of my buildings, but mm -hmm. certainly most of uh, my restaurants reside in buildings which I own. That's excellent. Now, do you find... Is it difficult to achieve longevity, to stay relevant in the face of this ever-evolving market? I think you have to... Depends on the business that you're, you know creating and I go into neighborhoods and I try to create these staples and service neighborhoods. So Nervosa was the first good value Italian restaurant in Yorkville. It was all high-end restaurants when I went in 21 years mm -hmm. ago. Gusto is a restaurant that is built for a very young demographic. So my goal is, I hope in 21 years, you know, I can be speaking to you again saying Gusto is still there servicing that neighborhood. Right. So that is a goal of mine. Not That's not everyone's goal. Sometimes people want to go in and they have a certain lifespan that they go in with. Restaurants mm -hmm. have an average lifespan of seven years. If that. You see, you yeah, see if a lot that. That's, open the doors and then yeah, the year they're closed. I mean, you know, new businesses, especially restaurants, have, you know, a 50% chance of closing within the first year. Right. But if you're successful after the first year, a lifespan generally is is considered good at seven years, but that's not my, what I'm going in for. So what advice would you have to entrepreneurs? I mean, you've said follow, you wish everyone could follow their passion. Yeah, I definitely I think that a lot of people will say that, but I think that your number one job should be either you're doing your passion or you're finding out what your passion is. And it will never feel like work. Back in the days when I was working 16 hours a day, it was definitely hard work, but it never felt like a job because when it's your passion, you mm. just, I was choosing to do that every day. It was exciting for me to do that. Um, I also think that, um, you know, you have to make sure that you have grit. I think that's the greatest determiner of success, that if you set your mind to something, don't give up. If there's a roadblock, 
you cannot give up. You have to just find another access route mm-hmm. to stay on that road to your goals, if that's your passion. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what are some of the new trends you've been noticing? What will we be seeing soon? In the restaurant business, mm-hmm. I think the greatest trend right now is fast casual. So it's taking fast casual and actually elevating it so that the design is nicer, but the price point is um, more affordable, offers greater value. So there's kind of quick service, but an elevated quick service. For me, I have my eye on that, and that's kind of where I want to go next with uh, my kind of restaurant group. Okay, because um, after being open for just six months, Felix, which you talked about in L.A., uh, was shortlisted in Eater's 12 Best New Restaurants in America. So you clearly know what you're doing. Well, um, if you want to believe your own press, <laughs> which they tell you not to, you know what? Felix has had so much incredible press. And as a Canadian woman, essentially without partners, uh, I feel extremely proud um, about what I achieved in the United States and another country. Like a Canadian woman landing there, just starting from scratch, assembling, you know, an entire team over in another country and giving it my all. Um, and now we're getting press that doesn't even call us out as being a great restaurant in LA, but all of the United States is something that I'm really proud of. Okay. So Gusto 501, what's happening with that? What's coming out with that? Gusto 501 is a building that I purchased uh, King and Parliament. So in the East End, mm-hmm. and I believe in that area really growing and developing and we are breaking ground in a couple of weeks, and we'll be open in about a year. So it's another, essentially another gusto. But for me, I'm not going to replicate what I've done King West. It's going to be like 2.0, level 2.0 of what I've done with gusto. So design-wise, I want to elevate the design. I want to elevate the food. I just want to do, I want to do better. I always want to do better with every restaurant I open. So how do people connect with you? Does every restaurant have its own site? Is there an amalgamated site where they can find everything about you? Do you mean like on the website? Gusto54.com is the restaurant group. Okay. And there you can find information about all the restaurants and new projects we have on the go. Well, Janet Zuccarini, thank you very much for joining us. All the best. Thank Um, you. We're we're expecting invitations to new restaurant openings. And from now on, I think you can indeed believe your own press. Thank you. Thank you for having me. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Passion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high-fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. 
trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit KearnsandCo.com. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Feel like a woman. Well, gone are the days of cubicles and windowless offices, and in are the days of innovative co-working spaces that do their best to make work fun. A brand new co-working space has just opened its doors in Mississauga, and joining us now is the founder of Spacebar Co-working, Nita Actor. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So for people that may be a little confused right now, tell us exactly what a co-working space is. Um, So a co-working space in the simplest form is where self-employed or remote employees can come to share workspaces or share equipment, knowledge and ideas. The whole idea is um, co-working is bringing bright, creative people together and um, bringing their ideas together and seeing how those new fostered relationships and, and where they can possibly go. So in your particular space, how many uh, business people, for example, entrepreneurs, would you have? Um, so right now we have about over 25. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have the capacity to keep going. Um, be- keep going up to what? 200. So how would that work? So let's say I have a business and I'm thinking, this sounds good. I can use the copier. I can use all kinds of, you know, the, the meeting rooms or whatever. How does it get organized so that you can actually have conversations and bounce stuff off one another? Um, it's really organic. It's like coming and working into an office that you would generally, except you're doing your own independent work. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you're passing, you might be seeing familiar faces and you chat with them and then you see new faces and they might connect through somebody that you already know. And it just becomes this or really organic form of conversation and, and um, dialogue. And is this modeled on anything that, that you've studied? Um, no, so I have personally worked out of co-working spaces in the past. Okay. Um, I have four kids at home, and we've had two businesses in the past, so we know all too well how hard it is to work out of our homes and how isolated it can also get. So we'd go to cafes or we mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. end up resorting to various um, things, and then we discovered co-working about seven years ago, started working out of those spaces, and... Um, saw you know where there was room for improvement, and I think everybody agreed that when we'd travel an hour to go work out of a co-working space, we'd lose that benefit of working from home and having these businesses based out of our homes. So bringing it to the suburbs was such a key element to us. You know, we wanted it in our backyards. So that's why you decided to start it where you did? Yes. So that's why Spacebar focuses only now on building communities um, of shared workspaces in the suburbs. Okay, so what do you get? Do you, do you get like a desktop or um, what's the actual space that you get to work with? Because I'm thinking of some mompreneurs that may have, you know, product they need to be around or how does that work? 
So there are different kinds of workspaces depending on your needs. So we have private offices that are, you know, some are smaller, some are larger, and they cater to people that need that privacy, but also want to be around other people occasionally, want to share conversations and ideas, mm -hmm. want, you know, just a group of people kind of around them. There are also dedicated desks that allow people to keep their items there throughout um, their membership period and they can come and go as they please and they can you know access whether it's a product that a mom is working on or whether they need multiple screens that they that they usually mm -hmm. work with um, so there's also that but there's also hot desks for people that are really mobile and just want to pack up their laptop at the end of the day go home and might be working out of you know a different space the next day mm -hmm. um, so there are different kinds of spaces catering to different kinds of needs. And what else do you offer? Do you offer storage? Do you offer meeting rooms? So there are meeting and rooms. And what about technology? What what kind of? We we do have uh, meeting rooms. We have all kinds of technology that is that can be used and will be needed in a meeting situation. Like um, projectors, projector screens. Um, we've got you know uh, phone connections to voice over IP. We've got um, you know various tools that that would help function through that situation. We've got storage as well. Um, I think that one of the things that we love and our members love about us is that we get to know everybody so well and all their favorite snacks and food <laughs> items end up on our grocery list. And so our fridge is fully stocked um, courtesy of us. And our members have all these healthy snacks available to them all the time. So how does it work financially? Are you paying a monthly rent for the, for the size and space you work or can you... Have you explain? Yeah, no, we are. They are paying a monthly rent. Um, they are. It's flexible, so it's month to month. There are no terms. And the idea of co working is really that you want to stay convenient and you want to stay flexible. So there are no leases. There are no terms. You pick a month and you work out of space for a month. Next month you may or may not need it, and it's up to you to decide when that month comes around. It's kind of like a pop up office. Yeah, instead of exactly. a pop-up store. Yeah. yeah, it's a pop up office. So, so what kind of startups and businesses are you seeing come through your door? We've seen a lot of different unique um, businesses. So we have product um, companies. We have, um, you know, app tech startups. Um, we have um, makers that sell on Etsy. We've got a YouTube artist there, podcasters, um, you know, uh, ebook writers. Um, so many, um, very, like uh, such a big variety of people, freelancers, even um, educators. It really does, like, the list is growing. What are some of the challenges you face? Because trying to cater to such a broad range of people who are permanent to fleeting mm -hmm. um, must have some challenges. Um, yeah, there are a lot of challenges. And I think that one of the biggest ones was how do we build out the space so it is productive and functional for all the members that are going to come in and all the different types of people that are going to come in. And at first, we decided that, you know, we designed this very specific look. Um, but we learned very quickly that when we opened it up to the community and the members to come in and give us their feedback and changed up the space as per their needs and were open to it, um, it became a lot more flexible and it just became a lot more productive for them as well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think so. that I think that's key because I know working from home, um, my husband has his, own, has his own business, but he needs to go psychologically. I think it's better if you leave your your space or at least have a dedicated space that is your your workspace. Mm -hmm. So, do you find that a lot of people um, 
it makes them feel like they're going to work when, when they go there, even if it's their own business that they could be doing sitting in bed on their laptop. Yeah, no, absolutely it is. It's one of those things where people come in and it's you get to say hi to all these people as you're passing, like if you would in an office environment, but you're still going in and doing your own work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's nice and just that... Um, feeling of ownership that we've created with all the members where they have a say in everything that's happening in the space and all the movement and all the upgrades and anything that comes in is really driven by them. Um, and that has really created this very community environment within the space. So uh, one of the things we do to foster a lot of the relationships in there is we host um, catered lunches once a week where everybody gets to sit down, learn a little bit more about each other mm-hmm. and um, you know share ideas and help each other even. There's a, a big support factor that comes in right. um, that you don't really get when you're working at home or even in cafes. Um, even though you're around people, you don't know them enough to connect to their extensions or learn yes. about their ex- similar experiences. What's your vision going forward for Space Bar? Um, so we are, um, we're excited that this has evolved into such a great big thing. Um, and we are currently working on two more locations in Ontario. Um, they're still going to be in the suburbs and we're going to remain um, keeping our focus in the suburbs mm-hmm. and we're growing into Canada and in the next six months as well. So we've got a few more locations going across Canada. Um, and I'm I'm a mother of four kids. So one of the things that I'm doing that's going to be extending out of Spacebar is um, we've created a creator workshop for children. Um, and we're going to be connecting them to founders and kind of teaching them this lifestyle and, and showing them the opportunities that there are in, in this area of the world. So what would you say to people who may be nervous about trying it out? I think it's like going to your first day of school. Um, You know, you're nervous, you're scared to meet people and you're scared what's going to happen. And then you go in and you say hi and you start connecting and you don't want to leave because now you've made these great relationships, these great friends. And, um, you know, you've really embraced and and, um, you feel like home. So your first space is located right near the Meadowvale Go Station. Um, And where can people go that are listening to, to learn more? Um, you just go on to our website, www.space-bar.ca, or you can uh, follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Well, it sounds amazing mm-hmm. and the way of the future. Yeah. Given that uh, most businesses that start are, are, are entrepreneurs. Thank you, Nita, so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Meridian's three-year Escalator GIC can help you save for a bucket list trip. In the first year, earn 2% interest. In the second, 3%. In the third, 4%. Those escalating savings could be the difference between this trip and this trip. Visit a branch or meridiancu.ca today to get started. Meridian, saving for a better life while living your best life. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. On the road again. That I've never been Seeing things that I may never see again I can't wait to get on the road again 
Joining us now is travel expert Candace Sampson talking about one of everybody's favorite subjects, Paris. Oh, Paris. It was so lovely. And the first thing I want to say, though, is I have to say that I'd heard so many stereotypes about Paris, about that the people can be rude and a little mm-hmm. bit snobby and, mm-hmm. and ha- absolutely not true. Um, everybody was incredible. We had such an amazing time and everybody was so nice. And maybe it was because they had just won the World Cup. And <laughs> <laughs> they were sort of basking in that glow. But we really found it to be an amazing experience and the French were so welcoming and so lovely. So that was um, a little bit of a lesson for me again to remember, you know, to always take the advice you hear from others with a grain of salt. See, that's interesting because I had a terrible time there. I mean, Aww. there was so much, uh, so many police officers. It was dark. It was grim. Really? There was a lot of graffiti from the wow. last time I'd been there it was dirty miserable we left wow. we left it was so horrible see now i it did was not not the paris that i knew and loved and i, I did not see that yeah at so, all I, I that mean, is pe- really, different yeah. um, other friend of ours rania took her family out of there right. said this is not what i was expecting oh. so i mean i maybe it depends on maybe. the month or the time well i don't know we were there in july it was lovely it was uh, bright and sunny and everybody's attitude was great i guess because it really made us feel very welcome and we really, really well that's loved great it. so yeah. where, where did you go so i just want to talk about getting there first okay. so i would say wow air so i mm-hmm. talked about them a little bit when i talked about iceland yes. but yes. wow air um, also flies to 16 destinations in europe so we um, um, we just flew um, from Iceland to Paris, mm-hmm. and I would say if you have time, you can do a little um, stopover to the Blue Lagoon while you're waiting for your transfer. And Wower makes that really easy, so you can sort of relax and in a spa state of mind when you land in Paris. Um, getting around, uh, the best way I would say is the metro. I mm-hmm. found it incredibly easy to navigate the metro around Paris. Um, obviously, uh, we took Ubers as well and walking. As far as renting a car, I'm going to say no. 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 <laughs> no. 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 Just watching the no. way they whip around the Arc oh, de Triomphe. Wow. Like, it's, no. it's not only that, but they have a whole uh, secret relationship with cyclists and motorcyclists. Oh, yeah. And if you don't know it's how really that, symbiotic, isn't it? it how is they work symbiotic, yeah. and they don't even look and they seem to just stay out of one another's way yeah. and so if you're not in that no nope. in that sort of loop I would not be no. able to do it absolutely not um, when we were looking for a place to stay it was mm-hmm. really important to me that we found a place I didn't want this big modern high rise I really wanted this sort of classic Parisian hotel mm-hmm. and so I went through booking.com and I found this hotel called Hotel Panache and um, it was in the ninth district, mm-hmm. and it's just on the corner of this little street. And it was gorgeous, like nice little. Um, you could walk up. There's an elevator, but the walk up's nice as well. And um, very close, obviously, to the 18th district as well. And uh, charming, charming hotel with a great restaurant on the, bo- on the bottom. And I have a forty dollars off per night code uh, for anybody who wants to book there. Okay. They just have to go to my Instagram and find my hotel panache uh, pictures, and they can click through and. Um, and get $40 off with booking.com. And there'll also be a link on Life in Pleasantville for that. And very near to the Hotel Panache, I would say don't miss Paris's oldest confectionery, which was founded in 1761, uh, Alamer de Famille. I think I'm probably massacring that. But um, go for the candy and stay for the IG shot because it is just gorgeous, this old all old wooden um, mm-hmm. uh interior with beautiful candies all over the place and it's it's really um something to behold so i would say do that for sure uh another thing is tours i'm a Mm -hmm. big believer in 
taking tours and not just wandering aimlessly trying to figure out what things are. So we went with um, takewalks.com and we did a couple of tours with them. The one we did was Versailles. Uh, Have you been to Versailles? Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And so... Versailles was really interesting because it's the ultimate vanity project, really, for mm-hmm. Louis the Fourteenth. right? It really was all about his vanity. And he was sort of this guy, you know, really lived the keep your friends close and your enemies closer. He re- bought everybody in to live around him so they couldn't conspire against him. Mm-hmm. So he lived his life on display, and it was just a fascinating uh, walk through history and the opulence. And, and then you obviously were drawing comparisons to today's current, uh, you mm-hmm. know, despots and dictators around mm-hmm. the world. So uh, that was a very interesting to see. The more things change, the more they stay the same sort of thing. And we also did, because I was traveling with two teenagers, We did a Louvre highlights tour. Um, So if you were to go through the Louvre on your own, there are 35,000 pieces in the Louvre. And if you only took 60 seconds per piece, it would take you 25 days to go through it. With no bathroom breaks. Yeah. So that's a lot, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's really good to go in with somebody who knows what they're doing. And so we went with Take Walks and we went and we were able to hit the highlights. We were able to see my, um, Venus de Milo and Michael, um, Mona sorry, Lisa. Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to hit these highlights and navigate um, really quickly through and get to see what we wanted to see yeah. and get out. So it was really about a three hours in the Louvre. It was wonderful. And then the last thing um, was actually, it was kind of unexpected expected was the Gallery Lafayette. Mm. Um, it was a big shopping center on Boulevard Haussmann in the 9th District. And we just tripped in there as we were just roaming around one day. It's stunning. The interior is beyond mm-hmm. words. I thought, surely this must have been some historic building in the past. It's always been mm-hmm. a shopping center. Yeah. Shopping center yeah. is also amazing. It, it is amazing, right? And if you go to the top, you get the most amazing views. All right. The only so, thing that's missing is the Bridge of Locks. Oh, that's right. Yes. Because they took, they took down. it down. Yes. Yeah, so, and I have yes. not been there since. Yes. <laughs> She's protesting. No. Um, and obviously, um, I clearly have to go back and no longer will I listen to uh, any other travel <laughs> advice other than from you. Yes. Good idea. All right. Good and idea. everything will be up uh, on lifeinpleasantville.com. Yes. Thank you, Candace. Okay. Thank you. Connect with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler at WhatSheSaidTalk.com. Well, if back-to-school shopping is a bugaboo you could do without, Casey Savage is here with some great, innovative, and unique back-to-school essentials. And it's great that your kids dare to be different, right, Casey? Oh, yeah, for sure. And when I think think about back-to-school... So much emphasis is put on primary school or high school, but for those college and university Mm -hmm. students, it's still a huge deal. And it's something that I think we should talk about because not only are these great items to purchase for yourself if you're a college or university student, but as a gift for a college or university student, especially if they're they're moving away. So I want to start off with, you know, you ladies know I love my Huawei. I just... Honestly, I think she just loves saying Huawei. Huawei. I, 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 I am Huawei. so excited that somebody knows how to say it. Uh, because Huawei. Huawei. Perfect. Yes, the H is a W. Let's just do yeah, that Huawei. right out of the gate. Okay. Um, so the Huawei P20 has completely transformed 
the smartphone world. I mean, the P10 was already exciting enough, but the P20 means you never have to carry around a digital SLR ever again to get high-quality professional photos. This has artificial intelligence built into it, Christine, so that if you're taking a picture of yourself, a selfie with Kate, it automatically detects the contours of your face and adjusts to give you the absolute best picture. So I know when I was using this, I was looking for ways to take, you know, a bad photo of myself. And I was like, who? Like, what is this? This is, you know, any pic you take with your Huawei will be your profile pic. <laughs> See, tell if, you I, if I got this phone, then I would be one of those people that everybody envied on social media going, God, she's gorgeous and she has such an exciting life. <laughs> Everything looks wonderful. Well, the drinks even sparkle. Oh, exactly. And because it's got so many great built-in filters as well, including the film mode, the portrait mode, there's a professional mode. If you're a student, you know you're going to be taking a lot of selfies with you and your friends. This is the perfect camera to have. And then if you ever need to delete the pics, you can delete them quickly on here as well to make sure mom and dad never find out about them. So that's... Casey, <laughs> stop giving away clues. Uh, oh, oh I was not, however, I was not like that. In no, of course not. not. Yeah. Um, let's talk about something that plagues a lot of people in college and university. It's not exclusive to high school. Skincare. Dermalogica mm. is launching a brand new line of Clear Start Breakout Clearing Booster and Blackhead Clearing Fizz Mask. So that is just brand new available as of August 10th, $28 each at spas, salons. And everyone knows Dermalogica is high quality skincare. Mm, and it's yep. free of all that guck yep. you don't want to put on your skin. I mean, your skin's mm -hmm. an organ. It's absorbing this stuff, yes. right? So great to start off. We with love this brand. Dermalogica is so good. So, so good. Um, Smashbox, while we're talking about skin and selfies and taking pics and high quality, Smashbox is a cosmetics company that was originally designed for professional use. Makeup artists love Smashbox. But Smashbox has just recently launched an entire line of foundation that's not 12 hour, 24 hour lasting on your face. So when I think back to my university days where, you know, my ritual of clearing my cleaning my skin before bed didn't always occur, you can literally <laughs> drag yourself into the classroom the next morning and still look as good as you did the day before. And then, just, just like in the movies where people wake up looking oh, perfect. Yes, yeah, well, lip liner and I woke such. up like this, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, now you truly now you did. can't yeah. wake up. There are now 40 shades available. So for anyone who doesn't have your everyday skin tone, you know, maybe it's got different undertones that you can't find all the time at a, a pharmacy or a beauty boutique. Now you know that with Smashbox, you've got 40 shades to choose from. So whether you've got your summer skin or your winter skin, there's going to be a shade for you. Mm -hmm. um, eBay. eBay is a great back-to-school destination for your stationery, your agendas, even, you know, watches, your style, your fashions. The whole works. And that's because... Very few people, I think, know that eBay, actually 80% of items are brand new. I did not. Know. It is not a marketplace exclusively for pre-owned. That's only 20% of the business. 80% brand new and over 1 billion. I can't even wrap my head around 1 billion items listed at any given time. So it doesn't matter what you're looking for. If you want those pre-owned Gucci high heels or you want that vintage dress or you want brand new, it's on there. I'd never I'm thought about it for school no, supplies. No. Yeah, and, and, school and I'm supplies. so glad you mentioned this because I've, 
I've taken up an interest in online shopping. <laughs> and I think I'm going to go on there. If they have a billion, my, billion items. Well, uh, you, and, know, and what, you know what? I threw the billion by tomorrow. Yeah. You know what I'm looking for? I have two brand new nieces. Mm-hmm. Great nieces, so oh. I'm going to be shopping for baby, Shop on baby there. clothes. Kate already thought Christine's productivity was, you know, in the tank because she's shopping online between segments. You yeah. know? <laughs> Wait until she gets to eBay.ca. Um, and then Bentley. Everyone needs a great backpack. It has to be stylish. It has to be comfortable. Bentley is a company where people turn to, Canadians turn to, for no, the latest and greatest. No relation to no, Christine's yes. Bentley. Oh, we should, we should we, clarify yes, that. We should clarify that. I am not get promoting. Get your Bentley <laughs> Get into your Bentley car and pick Christina. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's a nice backpack. Oh, I love that. These backpacks are not only bright and colorful, but all your favorite brands are most likely at Bentley. You can shop with a click as well, or you can go in store. And, you know, I remember my very first leather bag was from Bentley when I was a teenager. And, uh, you you know, you wore it with pride, still have it to this day. So it's about quality, and it's about shopping at places that you can really find something to reflect your individuality. So you're not just matchy-matchy with absolutely But also they have a reputation. They've been around and you know that Mm. if something goes wrong, you go back and... and, Just don't ask for Christine when you walk in there. (laughs) I won't be there. Casey Savage, as always, thank you very much for bringing us in all these great uh, ideas. Yeah, for back to school. A girl after my own heart. A shopper. Yeah. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. This is 1059 The Region. What she Now back to what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Welcome back from bereavement, blended families, teenage pregnancy, to the temptation of affairs and extramarital sex. The Break by international best-selling author Marion Keys isn't a story about falling in love, but about staying in love. Welcome, Marion, to what she said. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. <laughs> You've written 12 novels, which have sold an incredible 35 million copies worldwide. And The Break is about a married Irish couple, Amy and Hugh, who decide to go on a break. Why? Well, um, 
I'd been reading about uh, marriage sabbaticals, which is a real thing. Um, it's because we're all living so much longer. You know, <laughs> like like back in the day, like say if you were in your mid-40s and you were, you know, happy enough with the person you were with, but like maybe not too happy. But you were thinking like, you know, I'm going to drop dead when I'm 55. I might as well just stick it out. But now the <laughs> fact that like... <laughs> We're like living to be like in our 90s or even longer. People are having to recalibrate their their kind of relationship with monogamy or, mm-hmm. you know, with long term um, relationships. So this is about a couple who are still in love. Um, but the man, Hugh, he's in his mid 40s. He's lost his dad. He had another loss. And, you know, he's been kind of thrown into an existential crisis. And any books I've read before in the past about people having a midlife crisis, they've always been quite cliched and binary. You know, like the person who runs off is always painted as a complete baddie and the person who remains is like this kind of martyred saint. But I wanted to write a nuanced, realistic look about how you manage um, in a marriage when one of you runs into turbulent waters that the other person can't fix. So how do you manage Well, it depends on the person um, and it depends on the situation. And I mean, personally speaking, if my husband wanted a break, I would be um, very, 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 very angry um, and and very scared. But like we went, you know, I've been married for almost 22 years and, you know, we went through a very bad time about seven years ago. Like I had a breakdown, you know, the woman he married had disappeared Um, I wanted him to leave because I couldn't bear being responsible for his happiness. And he kind of started living a different life, Um, you know, because we had worked together, we travelled together, it had been very kind of bonded and intense. But then he started doing, he started climbing mountains and he started, you know, scaling cliffs. And, you know, he found his salvation in a different way. And eventually I got better and, you know, we are still together. Uh, And I'm really glad we are. But, you know, it's tough. And I think it's important to acknowledge Mm -hmm. that, like, if you're with somebody for a long time, you live through several different marriages. Absolutely. You know, like the way it is at two years is not going to be the same as at 10 years or like 15. You know, so it's it's important, I think, to keep vigilant about the fact that you are changing and they are changing and to make sure that you're on the same page. Well, you think I've been married for 25 years and together for 20, uh, 27. Yeah. So, I mean, yes, it's, it's sick, you know, yes. secular. It, everything yeah. goes around in a circle. And, yeah. and I think being, I keep on trying to explain to my children, my daughters, that the initial <gasps> romantic yeah. love yeah. changes. And, yes. and you do want to marry somebody that is your best friend because yes. it will change and you want somebody that will stick with you. Absolutely. But I've got to ask you, you say it's the most realistic portrayal of a relationship you've written. So how yes. much of it was based on your... On your marriage? Well, the pain that she goes through mm-hmm. um, was very much, I minded from myself. Um, I suppose also the fact that, you know, when you're in a long-term relationship, there isn't, well, for me anyway, there isn't that much romance. Like, it's all about like, you know, somebody... What's, what's for dinner? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or if somebody makes you a cup of coffee, like, that's, that's the kind of, that's the grand gesture. Mm-hmm. And... I don't mind that. You know, I would far rather have a companion and somebody in my corner Mm -hmm. rather than somebody who, you know, showered me with flowers. Um, So 
that, you know, we're very, me and my husband, we're very comfortable with each other. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I love that. I love that I can go around with no makeup on and, you know, my f- hair is a shambles and like, you know, I'm wearing like appalling pajamas. And I just love the fact that I'm comfortable enough doing that. So I suppose that kind of comfort factor was mm-hmm. was there. Um, also, the in-jokes that, that you have when you're with somebody for a long time. Shared history. Yes. But like, I was able to go into the feelings of, what if he did come mm. and say that he wanted a break? I mean, all the feelings, all the horrible ones would be up and running. Like the jealousy, the resentment, you know, the humiliation. Like the kind of the fear of judgment from my peers. Um, It was all there. So I gave all those feelings to Amy. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so. It is semi-autobiographical. Yeah, like the feelings are mine, without a doubt. Now, one of the characters in the book has an abortion and posts about it online. Why was that storyline particularly important to you? Because, and I know Canadian um, people have been shocked by this, abortion is entirely illegal in Ireland, even in cases of rape or incest. Um, It's punishable by 14 years in prison. So that means that if you have been raped and get pregnant and have an abortion, you'll spend longer in prison than your rapist. And it's appalling. And it seems like a parochial part of the story. But I'm also very aware of what's going on in in Trump's America. You know, how women's reproductive rights are being eroded and pushed back. You know, there is a very, very strong agenda. Um, You know, the Christian right, they've got a lot of money behind it. And there is every chance that if if a couple of judges in the Supreme Court die, that Roe versus Wade will be overturned. And immediately um, abortion will be illegal in four states. Um, so I, I'm trying to encourage vigilance, mm-hmm. um, you know, not just for those of us, you know, who are affected um, in our country, but like uh, on behalf of women worldwide, um, the rights that everybody thought they could take for granted, they're not set in stone. Yeah, they were hard fought. They were so hard, were hard fought. fought. But I still, my, yeah. I still believe in my gut, nobody would go back and, and tackle Roe versus Wade. I just don't think they, I just don't think... There is the heart or spirit for them to do that. Well, I, I mean, I really, really hope, hope so. Not. Yeah, yeah I know. but like so much, it's, it's, it's kind of happened in all kinds of subtle ways. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Planned Parenthood clinics That's have been true. shut down. So like women have to drive like a thousand miles to get to is a clinic. Is that what they do in Ireland? Well, no, because we have nothing. No, we have to travel. You have to travel. We, you have, go to we have to go to, to the UK, UK yeah. or to Holland, you know, which costs a lot of money. And the trauma is immense. You know, people like at least one woman has died making the journey back. And once they get back, there's no aftercare, um, you know, and there's no counselling. And there's an awful kind of shroud of secrecy and shame over it. So, you know, people can't openly discuss the trauma of it. Mm. So what's of the whole book, what is the main message that you hope readers take away from it? That... That your marriage will go through ups and downs. Mm -hmm. But if you love the person and if you have like a lot of good stuff going on, it's worth fighting for. And that life is going to ambush us when we least expect it. But we can still keep fighting for the good stuff. 
And what's your next book about? It's about, it's an entirely different thing. It's about seven different characters. So it's kind of an ensemble piece. It's seven different voices. Um, Three women, one in her 50s, one in her 40s, one who's 32. Um, So I'm tackling menopause, but I'm also tackling millennial issues with the 32-year-old. So, yeah. So different, different structure, different voices, but hopefully warm and fun and interesting. Well, your books always are. I mean, oh, I mean, what do they call them now? Page turners? Is that yeah. what they call them? Thank they are. You. They're, they're, I, I mean, I love them. I think, um, I can't remember the full title, but Rachel. Rachel's Holiday. Rachel's yes. Holiday. Yeah. You know, a, a classic. Thank <laughs> yeah, you, Kate. Classic. Thank um, you so much. So tell people how they can, can find you online. and. Okay. I have a website. I'm marionkeys.com. Um, I'm on Twitter um, at marionkeys. Um, I have a YouTube channel. I do a little film every Monday, basically just, you know, telling you what's going on with me. And I have an Instagram thing, which I barely, I, I, I keep, I keep promising I'm going to try harder. I'm going to make more effort with, with Instagram. Um, and then there's a Facebook page, but that's not run by me. It's run by my publishers. So it's not as personal. Right. The rest of me is very personal, very chatty. You know, I, I give you far too much detail about my life. <laughs> yeah, but you can unfollow me if I'm annoying you. <laughs> well, Marianne Keys, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Meridian's three-year escalator GIC can help you save for a bucket list trip. In the first year, earn 2% interest. In the second, 3%. In the third, 4%. Those escalating savings could be the difference between this trip and this trip. Visit a branch or meridiancu.ca today to get started. Meridian, saving for a better life while living your best life. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. What you're listening to is Monkey. Guess by whom? She's sitting in our studio. Welcome to What She Said, Darby Mills. Hi. Hello, everybody. Now, in 1978, you embarked on a 38-year journey of epic proportions, becoming one of Canada's iconic female rock vocalists and the voice of the headpins. How did that career start? How, how did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I knew. How did it... I... Ah, joined a rock band in grade 10, um, got fired, joined, started one in my parents' basement, graduated, packed up my gremlin, moved to Edmonton, Calgary, part of me, Alberta, and joined about seven rock bands, bands of all sorts, including a seven-piece all-black band from Harlem, New York, that uh, unfortunately only lasted about three weeks when I ran into Steelback, a rock band, which is really one I wanted to sing and not the disco Anita Ward, You Can Ring My Bell and Donna Summers, which I was doing with Business Before Pleasure was the name of that band. 
and ended up in Victoria. And eight, nine months later, the headpins gave me a call and said, do you want to join our band? Take your time thinking about it. We'll call you tomorrow. And that was 1981. <laughs> that was 1980, 1980. 1980? 1980. The Turn It Loud album came out in 1981. Uh, and it went double platinum. It, it Like in a month and a half. It was the fastest going double platinum album in Canada on that day in history. <laughs> so did you realize then that you were really making a mark, raising the bar as it was? Uh, you know what? It was all pretty much a blur. The original headpins lasted for just over four years. And in that time, we did three albums, toured Europe with White Snake. I got a chance to meet Cozy Powell and John Lord, who are both gone now. Mm. Uh, David Coverdale, John Sykes, Neil Murray, uh, touring with those boys. That was a highlight of, of my life, and let alone career. Um, Even better than Eddie Money and Kiss touring with them? Um, you know what? Kiss was one of my highlights, but I've since run into Gene in the, in the past two years and and not so much highlight anymore, Gene. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is there what a story here? That? Yeah, there what? is. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to tell anybody. I just, I'm, I'm not, I'm not all over Gene anymore. Sorry, uh, bud. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Gene. He yeah. seems to have turned. He's actually such a, a businessman. Yeah. These days, or was he always like that? You know what he probably was? I think that the whole thing yeah. might have been his, his, well, just ask him. <laughs> Get your point. What was the highlight of everything? Of it, well, definitely touring with White Snake was the highlight. Um, after, uh, in 1985, I did get fired after the ZZ Top dates. We ran across Canada. Those were incredible. We were getting um, encores. They were booing ZZ Top. They'd turn on the house lights and booze easy top for not getting giving us an encore and on one particular night i thought they were going to burn down the i mean they were stomping so loud we were in the arena in montreal and we were in the dressing rooms underneath the hockey dressing rooms and it was like wow this they're going to break this place down it, it, that that was that was wonderful but um one of the other one of the, one of the greatest things was after i'd been fired like 4 days later um, i went over to uh, eel pie in London, Twickingham, I believe, is where Ilpai is, which is Pete Townsend's, mm -hmm. was Pete Townsend's studio. I think he just sold it last year on the Thames. And I recorded my first solo project uh, with Pete Townsend in, in the same building for a couple of weeks, three, four weeks, and uh, got to meet some incredible players. I had one of the world's best bass players play on the, on the CD, uh, Tony Levin. Um, yeah, the list goes on. So that, that was incredible having the chance to be close to rock and roll royalty. But, but now today you've got together with a group of dedicated diehard eighties rock and roll bandmates, which makes up the Darby Mills project. We've yes. heard a little bit of monkey just a few moments ago. Tell us about that. Um, about two years ago, I realized, uh, well, three years ago I lost my mom who I'd been basically, taken care of for the past three years prior and my dad and uh, she got the six six month I don't want to see at the doctors for six months I was taking both of them to the doctor every day or eye doctor or ear doctor or whatever and we got the six month all clear and uh, basically the next day she woke up to a brain aneurysm and we oh. lost her six months later my husband had a massive heart attack in the ambulance in our driveway and they broke 10 ribs bringing back his pulse, and um, I just realized that it was time to 
time to figure out who I was, why, why I was here, and why was I settling with what I'd been doing for the past 26 years. And so I, um, I re- went in and remastered the Never Look Back CD, which was recorded in 1990 uh, in Vancouver. And so I remastered it and put it out as Flying Solo and reliving reliving that dream knowing that if you want to take the wheel and drive if if you want to be the boss you got to take the yeah, wheel and drive so that you can fulfill what might be your dream cuz you never know when your last day is coming yeah, absolutely so where how can people connect with you find out about where you're playing upcoming tours uh, like the that. website darbymills.com and facebook i'm on facebook uh, the darby mills project or darby mills a voice not the <laughs> um or just darby mills uh so uh, three places there and then the website so i'm working through an agency out here with keep uh keith sharp i'm not sure if i'm supposed to be saying his name or not but and and ted and they're doing a wonderful job reintroducing me to ontario and eastern canada right now where i've been so vacant from for so many years awesome well thank you so much for joining us we're going to leave you with a little bit now of monkey by the Darby Mills Project. And Darby, thanks for surviving. Thank you. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four Kids Flashback. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.